The voluntary reaction is a safe space where known dullards gather to drink from the keg of glory or drown in the pool of despair. All opinions, takes, questions, criticisms, and insults cannot and will not be held against a speaker after a 24-hour cooling-off period. Please listen accordingly. Post-game coverage. Russell Smith checking in with you. Hey, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Did you enjoy that? Tennessee bends Georgia over a barrel and shows them the 50 states at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and Arena tonight. It's a final now. 70-41, to 41, the final score on a night when Tennessee holds Georgia to 29% shooting from the field, 18% from three-point range. The Vols put that sticky icky on the dogs today and just absolutely grinded them up. And for the second game in a row, an outmatched opponent just taps. I mean, there there was a point where you saw it where Georgia stopped playing SEC effort basketball tonight. And LSU did as well in the second half. The way this team just clamps down does not give you anything easy. It's really incredible. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, gentlemen, I was kind of disappointed I was so hoping we were going to hold them to under 40 points, man. I hate we gave up that last little bitty layup. We, I mean, they were under 40 points for most of that game. An unbelievable defensive effort. But um, we'll bring Bear and Davey Hudson in tonight. And uh, Bear, let's not bury the lead here. B.J. Edwards, two minutes off the bench. A B.J. Edwards sighting tonight at the Tommy Bowl. Uh, I mean, it was uh, it was nice to see him. Felt like they, you know, I mean, it, at this point, it's, it's just good to see that he's that Barnes realizes he's he's still on the team. So that's your analysis. Well, I, I mean, the real season starts Saturday. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's just. I do think it's uh, – I worry about the – you know, we're talking about what we end up beating about, like 31? Yes. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, is this going to be a night where we're going to look back and not see a 31-point beatdown? But, man, it's a night where we could have gotten some bench guys, not just B.J. Edwards, some some minutes, more minutes. Um I mean, this is just another smash. So, like I said, the season heats up starting this Saturday. Davey Hudson, jump in here on a baby seal clubbing night at Thompson Bowling Assembly Center and or arena. And we have uh, Zakai Ziegler doing the post game. 11 points, four steals tonight for Zakai, seven assists. Best uh, guys. five steals tonight, eight points, only two balls and double figures tonight. You had Ziegler with 11 and um, Awaka with 10 points off the bench for Tennessee tonight. The big men all looked good. Go ahead, Davey. I was just going to say this was a, a great performance. Georgia was able to hit a couple of shots early, tweeted it out with 10.52 left in the first half. The score was 19 to 17. Tennessee ended up holding Georgia for, to 24 points for over the final 30 minutes. Defense locked down. Georgia couldn't do anything. 
Tennessee workmanlike effort on the offensive end, 35 points in the first half, 35 points in the second half. And I mean, really, they it would have just been 17 in, in the second half if they had not hit that little uh, layup that was they were wide open at the end. Tennessee just, I mean, it wasn't like you had one person go off as you were going through the stat line. Everyone was consistent. Everybody that really registered um, playing time scored whenever you look at the 10 guys that they used uh, throughout the game. So it was just pretty much, hey, do you want to take a basket? Sure, I'll have this one. You can have the next one. Uh, 19 assists to Georgia's six. It was just they're the much better team, and it obviously showed tonight. I mean, trying to think of something nice to say about Georgia, that, that was a nice dunk Moncrief had. Congrats on Ziegler for getting out of the way. You know they weren't going to give him the block on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Georgia did come out of the gates hot. They scored a couple of points. It was a little bit back and forth there, but that's pretty incredible numbers. Say that again. What what did t- 24 points over the last 30 minutes of the game for Georgia? That is correct, yeah. It was 19-17 to 17 with 10.52 remaining. And then, I mean, obviously Tennessee had over 50 in that time period to Georgia's 24. Outstanding. So, I guess we can move on to Texas now. Big game at Thompson Bowling this weekend. It'll be a Saturday night at the arena, 6 p.m. tip. Longhorns coming in here ranked in the top 10. Tennessee ranked in the top five. We all know the storylines with Rick Barnes playing against Texas. Bear, we got to get this one for Coach Barnes, man. We can't let them sweep this series. No, this is an important one. I mean, it's got so many different uh, storylines to it. Barnes, the whole Texas angle, we all know that. Texas getting ready to come to the Southeastern Conference here in the next year or two. Uh, it would be nice to go ahead and, and welcome them in with a with a good slap across a the nice damn slap. place. Nice slap. So it, it's going to be a real test. Uh, it, it's going to be – that's one of the things that I'm, I'm really – I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm interested to see if our defense continues to play at the level it plays when we start getting into the teams that can are, – are in the upper – ranks as far as you know offense i haven't i mean this georgia night seemed like he there they had no offense they played on one-on-one and they'd shoot a three and like davy said in the first half a couple of them fell it kept them close but in the second half it just they weren't falling and uh but but again back to my original point it it's just it'll be good to see uh if our defense is a real deal we're getting ready to find out yeah, Davey, I don't think George is very good. I mean, I'll give uh, little Mikey White in his size medium dress shirt and his clip-on tie and his Supercuts haircut. I really have to probably retire this because he's not wearing uh, the, the super sh- tight shirts and ties anymore. He's gone to the quarter zip. He's a good-looking guy. And uh, Danny White has 99% approval rating now, according to our fan base. So I probably have to go a little bit easier on him. But bottom line, I don't think Georgia – is very good. They'll probably get better as he stays there, but they were just overmatched tonight. And I mean, kudos to them for keeping it close for 10 minutes, I guess, but there was no way they were even being competitive down the stretch tonight. Yeah. I mean, this was by far their worst performance in an SEC game this season. Um, They were able to get a win over a ranked Auburn team to start SEC play. And 
uh, kept it close against Florida and and Vanderbilt. Their other losses, uh, Kentucky. But yeah, I mean, it was just. I, I think I was trying to find it. I think this might have been their lowest scoring output of the season, which shouldn't be surprising whenever you're held to 41 points. But yeah, they're they're not good. They're better than they have been over the last several years. Uh, I guess that's a, somewhat of an att- a testament to a uh, little Mikey White. But right now, they're just not in our league. And yeah, big things are going to be happening Saturday. And I just, I, I think we're in for a rock fight. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if that game ends like 55 to 53. Do you think little Mikey White regrets his decision eight years ago? Hard to believe it's been that long when Dave Hart, the man with the level of information and the level of knowledge that nobody else has sat with him in Ruston, Louisiana and offered him the keys to the kingdom, the chance to follow Conzo Martin as Tennessee's basketball coach. And he said, no, thanks. I'm going to stay at Louisiana Tech for another year. The road that led us to Donnie Tindall, the road that led us to Rick Barnes. I'm, I, for one, am glad that he turned us down all those years ago. But do you think in his heart of hearts, of course, he would never admit to it, but do you think he regrets not taking that job? I don't think so. I, I think, I mean, if you really do go back and you look at his career arc, going to Florida was a good move for him and while it didn't turn out great he had some lucky wins in the tournament and i don't think he has those really anywhere else it's just like it's not like he's recruited great players he's not had guys that are, are going to be incredible difference makers and it's it's taken rick barnes a while to just get the recruits that he's had he's had to build that program with three-star guys that ultimately ended up being NBA players, first round picks, when you look at Grant Williams and like what that team was able to do. So, I mean, I just don't think he's capable of, of doing anything close to that to where he would have been. I'm trying to, I don't even know who a good example as far as former Tennessee basketball coaches to compare him to. I don't think there's anybody that we've had here um, post 2000 that would even be a good comparison. I think we already we would have already ran his ass. Oh, yeah, he would I was be just here. thinking there's a alternate universe right now where uh, he he conzoed to the Georgia job from here, and we've got a first year coach right now. Yeah, what we also probably don't have is his brother as athletic director. Heupel's our football. Oh coach. my god! Think about that. And, think about that. When, yeah. when little Mikey White turned us down, that led to Heupel. Yeah. The butterfly effect, probably Dave-o. also. Led well, yeah, to, I mean, uh, they just. I, I mean, who who knows what would have happened if, you know, if it wasn't Danny White, you know, it, it, the, whatever AD it would have been, uh, might have botched the the Vitello negotiation this past year. There's no telling. I mean, fate fate's a very funny thing. Thank God. He if if Mike job. White's here, I can't see the university being like, you know what, we're gonna go hire this guy. No, no way. No way. And if he'd already gotten ran, there might be bad blood, and Danny might not want to come here and work after we ran his brother that, out of that's town. That's why you tune into the voluntary reaction, ladies and gentlemen. Playing 3D chess. Who knew three eight years ago Mike White turning down the Tennessee job would ultimately lead to the Tennessee football revival? Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Joshy Boy is up first. If you want to speak on it, request to speak. When do we come to you? Turn your mic on. And let's get this thing rolling. What's up, Joshy boy? What's up, guys? How's it going? Before I break it down with the game, guys, I don't know if I told you 
after post game or not. But for March Madness this year, me and my parents are going to Biloxi, Mississippi. They have a lot of casinos down there and do some sports betting. Okay, okay. Is that all I know about Biloxi is the Mississippi River goes there? No, they're a coastal. And um, there was that the river does not go Matthew there. Broderick. Biloxi Blues. That's a great movie. Never yeah. Same. Really? Me neither. <laughs> no. I just it was it was always it had a very memorable uh, box as I remember when you went to the video stores. Uh, we're getting up on the porch here, kids. We used to have to go to Gemstone or Blockbuster to to rent a movie for the weekends. Yeah. And and I always remember the the cover of that. Uh, with uh, Matthew Broderick in army fatigues staring at me. But, uh, guys, what did you think about Toby Awaka's performance tonight? And do you think after next year, Awaka could possibly maybe put him in a position of going to the NBA? What? Uh, so he's no, no Awaka no. to the NBA after next no. year? Sorry, Josh. Boy. No, I Walk is probably going to be like three, but he's going to be a four-year player. There's no telling. I mean, he's so raw and so green. Uh, there's no telling what he could develop. I think he's he's got a really high ceiling. I don't know if it's he, the NBA. He, he, yet. He, here's well, what I'll say, guys. He can be really good, but his frame for the position he plays and his size isn't what the scouts are looking for. I guess if you wanted to make it like he's an undersized player at his position, and if, I mean, if you want to find like the, the best possible scenario, it's, he develops into a Grant Williams type player where it's like we knew Grant like ended up getting drafted, but we still knew like one of the biggest knocks against him was going to be he's playing a position where he doesn't exactly have the size that the scouts are looking for there. And Davey, what you're saying is he's going to have to step out and uh, shoot threes like Grant did at the end of his career if he wants to get drafted. He's going to have to show not just that, but just a great offensive efficiency ability and while he could develop that, we, we got a long ways to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see, you know, not that, who knows? I, he's such a blank slate at this point. I mean, it's, he's very promising. Uh, it's a great find. I think he's going to be a great college player. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I'm. He's also 17. Super, yeah, so. super excited to see how he develops. I definitely see him having a vastly expanded role going forward and being one of the better players in this league. I think if, if he stays here four years and he certainly has the look of a four-year guy. Uh, yeah. I, I think he could be a really, really good player for Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, what did you guys think about Tennessee's uh, two-part question? What did you guys think about Tennessee's defense tonight against Georgia and what did you think about Tennessee going? I think six from six for twenty from three. What is that percent wise, Davey? About thirty. Probably, is a, I think that we're shooting thirty four percent on the year from three, and that's probably right around what we shoot. It didn't start out well. I think we missed like five in a row to open the game before Ziegler finally took the top of it. Uh, James goes 0 of 5 from three-point range tonight, 2 of 9 overall from the field if you're looking for a trouble spot. But he also has seven rebounds tonight. So um, he found other ways to impact the game. But we, I mean, we shot below 30% from three, but it helps whenever your opponent shoots 18%. 
Um, and again, like, I mean, Georgia under 30 from the game from just the field, Tennessee was around 42%. So we were able to make things happen in the paint. And again, Georgia just couldn't do anything. And by the end of the, really the end of the first half, you could just tell this was about to be just blown wide open. And I mean, at one point you had a 31 point lead. So I just, I, whenever you have a bad shooting night like Tennessee did from deep and you're able to take care of your opponent on the defensive end, that's, that's what you got to have happen. Anything else, Joshy boy? Yeah. Guys, out the door, great win tonight. But uh, when Texas rolls into town Saturday afternoon, I got a message for you, Texas. You little jabronis, you're going to come in here Saturday afternoon, and after it's over, Tennessee's going to lay the smack down on your candy ass. <laughs> I love Joshy boy cutting a promo on the way out the door. Don't look now, but Mississippi State has gone down to Tuscaloosa and jumped on Alabama. It's 10-2 to 2 at the first TV timeout. Chris Jans and his Bulldogs out for blood tonight. I kind of want Alabama to stay. Uh, like, Davey, I have uh, visions of that perhaps being a one-versus-two game next month at Thompson Bowling. It could be great. I mean, I still th- – like, right now, though, this is what I look at it as. They are up on us in the SEC standings. I want them to go ahead and have a loss to where if we do lose to them when we play them, we're not too far away from being able to get back on top because obviously taking the loss to Kentucky puts you a little bit behind there and they're undefeated. So they can go ahead and have a loss. It's not going to impact me one bit uh, as far as, as far as how I feel uh, while it would be great to say, yeah, you beat uh, number one or number two team in the country. I just right now, I, I just want to get another regular seat, start with getting a regular season SEC championship and then we'll go from there. Davey prioritizing the banner over the analytics. I kind of like it. We do have Banner Dan here, so I got to look out for his interest. So you guys are watching the Alabama State game. I've got Auburn A&M on. How's that one going? 12-9 Auburn early. Bruce is already gesticulating wildly on the sidelines. He's heated. I'm being told Davey's telling us who to root for again. They don't like it when you tell us who to root for, Davey. It's usually yeah. because the answer is the team they don't want to root for. But why would – Well, but, no, wait, wait a second. Why, part of why it maybe too is, to... is you, start, uh, you, you start doing that Duke thing you do where you're kind of on high and preaching down to us poor Tennessee it's, it's, That's fans. whatever. But why, why are these people saying they want to root for Alabama? That's what I don't understand. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I mixed feelings. I'm definitely pulling for Mississippi State and the upset. I find it hard to pull for Alabama and anything. But um, it would be – a great atmosphere. It probably still will be no matter what at this point, but uh, I mean, a, a top five matchup at Thompson Bowling could be special. Let's get Brad in Nashville in here next. What's up, Brad? Hey guys, just uh, watching um, baby or baby seal clubbing time. Like uh, you were talking about earlier, just man, it, that was a dominating performance. And uh, we, I don't know, like if we put up that performance against Bama or Texas or um, any of the other top 10 teams that we're going to have to play later on, how we played tonight, is that good enough to uh, knock off the teams that we're going to have to if we want to do something in the postseason? 
ah, who knows, man. I mean, we're going to play, you know, the good teams we play, Kentucky on the road, Bama at home, Auburn twice, the, you know, Texas Saturday night are going to be better offensive teams than what we saw tonight. So uh, they will probably play, play us better. They're probably better defensive teams too. So I don't know. I mean, we won by uh, 29. So there's, that leaves you a lot of room for error, but we haven't really seen this team win a very close game. You know, we ran away from, Gonzaga in that preseason deal. We ran away from Georgia at the end. Um, really, the only game, unless I'm missing one, y'all tell me. Uh, Maryland. Old Miss. You, Maryland. You bar- okay, Maryland. You yeah. barely held on there. I mean, okay. that shouldn't have been a close one, though. That's what's frustrating about that game. Uh, the other one, I mean. I, Old Miss was like that. I got to count USC since it went to overtime. Old Miss, well, we, we beat Old Miss by that four. That USC game went to overtime? That feels like ages ago. Yeah. I, I can't, that feels like three years ago. I can't even remember that. Yeah, it went to overtime. <laughs> so we've played, what, two or three really close games? I guess the Arizona one was close and we lost. Well, they, they found, they kind of, they separated right at the end. I can't even remember the final score on that one. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you can take that Arizona game into effect. That that the referees were in that game. I don't. I, I don't trust the results of that game at all. You play that on a neutral side. I think we take it. Um, but uh, it, 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 it's super good. I enjoy watching these guys play. Um, you're obviously you obviously have the offensive droughts that are just frustrating as hell. But they get after it so hard on defense that I can forgive it. Um, it's just, I mean, it's, it, it's back to the old, um, how, how far do you think these guys can go? We obviously yep. have the horses to do some stuff. We have the tools and the chess pieces you need to actually put good teams in bad situations and put some pressure on them. But I don't know. Do you think these guys have it or just, we just haven't seen enough to know yet? My gut tells me that this is another really good regular season team. Um, that's going to win a bunch of games. Uh, I hope I am wrong, but I don't see this being a, a final four team. Just, you know, comparing it to the Alabamas, the, you know, Houston's of the world, some of these other top notch teams. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just worried that we're going to have a, a cold. We're not a great three point shooting team to begin with. And I, I just think a, a cold shooting night is eventually going to do this team in. Hell, I'll tell you who who can shoot the three. I just saw this. Drew Pember, 48 points tonight, went 8 of 10 from God. three. You've got to be freaking kidding me. No, nah, 14 of 24 from the field, 8 of 10 from uh, three, 12 rebounds. Jump in the portal, Drew. Come back home. I mean, you could actually just do it as a grad transfer. <laughs> I'm only All right, I mean, surely he's – how many years has he been in – College, his third year, probably like the Asheville. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that, that's about all I had. Um, the, the last uh, parting shot I want to have, um, we just gave Heupel a $9 million a year contract until like 2029 or something like that. By the time he leaves here, do you think he will have earned his money? And um, love you guys. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. Uh, catch you later. Thank you, Brad. Nine-year, $54 million deal, Davey. Will Heupel earn it? 
over the next six years? It's a very subjective question because as we continue to watch these coaching contracts skyrocket and you have a guy making $9 million a year where it's like five years ago, I would have been like, that's, that's Nick Saban money. And I guess he's a little bit above that now, but by, by an extra million, which I guess is not that much whenever you can accidentally give that to Brian Kelly and not realize it. I, I'm really at a loss for words and I'm trying to just think through this one because you have to get an SEC. I would say you have to get an SEC championship at minimum an East and go to the SEC championship to get that. Um, and right now I, it's not so much us increasing what we have and doing better. It's can Georgia take a step back. And that's where, I get really confused because I, I just don't – right now, I don't know. And, like, I mean, if, if Georgia continues this run, they're going to continue to get the talent. We just got to have Nico be a great quarterback or, or find that quarterback that can outperform what you saw Hennon Hooker do this year. Well, and and eventually – struggles for me. You know, eventually our defense is going to have to not suck. I mean, let's, let's just call it what it is. I mean, it's 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 been a – pretty bad defense when when you look at it the past couple of years we've given up a lot of points and I mean there we can certainly make some excuses for that and you have to add the players in there but at a certain point you're going to have to have decent defense not great defense not amazing defense I, I understand that the way we play offense you're probably never going to have a defense that's like you know holds teams to under 300 yards a game and all this stuff but you got to be able to slow teams down and too many times, you know, even in some of the wins, Tennessee was not able to do that, but you know, Alabama put up 49, Georgia could have named, you know, they could have easily put up over 50 if, if they wanted to against us and to win those games. I mean, I I just think we're going to have to get better on that side of the ball, but it sounds like I'm ripping on, on hypo and everything. I mean, um, I, I think that he's going to continue to be very good offensively i think we're going to be exciting it's kind of similar to the conversation we're having with barnes you know it's like we know it's going to be fun regular season wise and the the other thing here is like you get to a 12 team playoff i mean hypo can make that so who knows it's about getting hot at the right time but he's still a young coach it's two years in as good as this past season was it's hard to project in the future isn't it very much so. Here's, I guess, another question to go on top of that. So before this season, I think you were looking at nine coaches making an average of $9 million a year, or at least a, right around that. Eight. I think it was eight. So come 2029, how many coaches do you think are making over $9 million yeah. a year? Yeah. There's no talent. There, there's so many variables to that. You know, I mean, by that time, by 2029 is – you know, the NCAA or, or whatever governs college football specifically and men's college basketball. Are the players going to start really getting a cut? Because they're still not. I mean, they're getting NIL money. That's not a cut of the money. You know, I'd be like, imagine if the NFL, if all those guys were just playing for their endorsement money. It feels. And the owners didn't have to pay them cash. It feels like the door is open for that. I don't think it's going to happen soon, but it feels like that happens in the next 10 to 20 years. That's when you'll see. Yeah, but I think that that's when you're going to see the coaches' salaries. The great correction. Probably start. 
yeah, they'll they'll come back because there's just not going to be enough. There's not going to be just this excess of cash to just money whip these coaches. Davey, uh, be interested to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we have nobody requesting to speak right now, so if you want to jump in, go ahead and request to speak. Davey, we, I was asking on the show today, obviously, Danny White, he gets the big raise and extension today. He is, he's got the town, Ball Nation, eating out of the palm of his hand. Um, everything is coming up, Banner Dan. How much credit does does he deserve? And I just play devil's advocate, man. I'm not, not trying to attack Banner Dan here or anything, but, um, you know, he's hired two coaches, Josh Heifel and a track coach. And Heifel has been fantastic, granted, but he wasn't Danny's first choice. And I don't really think he was his second or maybe even third choice. And, you know, he kind of kind of lucked into him. And I just get the feeling that if we were sitting here talking about heading into year three of the Tony Elliott era, it would be a very different conversation we're having. It would be. The thing on top of that, I guess, to add to that conversation is if we don't hire Danny White, does any athletic director look at Josh Heupel to come to this job? And I can't really think of anyone that would have done that. So I will, even though he wasn't his first, second, or maybe even third choice, I would give him credit for at least he knew that he's somebody that could stabilize the ship because that's what we hired him for. And he's actually already gone above and beyond that. Um, whenever you look at Tennessee athletics, man, it's like if football's good, everything else will kind of follow suit for at least how the fans feel. And I know we've come to love baseball. I'll give them credit for making sure that Danny, or sorry, that Tony Vitello is going to get what was promised to him from a facility standpoint and just making sure the baseball program's in a position to where it can grow uh, from not just from making the team better, but making it a more desirable destination. So I got to give White credit there. I, I mean, I said it when, when they hired him. I, I give a lot of guy credit because here's the other thing that you have to take into consideration the way in which we are embracing NIL. You had to get a guy that would love to make sure that he's seeing what the future of the sport is going to look like. And I don't think there's a better athletic director in the country that is doing that at the moment. So for that reason, I give him a ton of credit. And I still think even if Heupel was not the guy, that is something that he would have made sure was put in place to where we're not in the situation like you look at. And this might not be the the example people want to hear from the football side of things, but just from an SEC standpoint, Kentucky and Mitch Barnhart, they have not done a good job with NIL. And that's a program that that's caused some other issues because of that. Danny's done a great job there. So I, I got to give him a ton of credit whenever it comes to that component. Here, here, Banner Dan, he drinks from the keg of glory. Let's get Rex in here next. What's up, Rex? Rexy. Russ, how's it going? Going well. How are you, sir? I 100% agree with you on this, that you're right about uh, Banner Dan. Um, is that uh, his contract's a ridiculous amount of money, and he didn't even want Heupel. And now he's kind of completely redone his image, too, from being the cocky little Guido guy to being this kind of like, I'll meet you halfway. I can live in Farragut, too, kind of thing, you know? What? <laughs> you know, he, he went from like the little douchebag kind of like, oh, undone down thing 
to now he's kind of liking a quarter zip. And he's kind of your friend now. And he's not doing the text a buddy or we'll haunt you or no nugs or no leaks and all he's that. Gone, he's gone from Danny no nugs to Banner Dan. It's one of the great face turns in recent athletics history, man. I give the guy his credit, man. He's 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 He picked up the bag today. You saw him up there in his quarter zip. He's eating popcorn with his wife, watching the deacon kick the crap out of his little brother. Life is good for Banner Dan. You you also got to look at it from this perspective of what he did before he got here, because he's still young in his uh, career as an athletic director. The guys that he had at Buffalo that he hired, you look at what Nate Oates is now doing, and he saw that talent and potential ahead of time. Now that guy's got a team that's ranked higher than our fourth-ranked volunteers. And you look at what he saw with Lance uh, Leipold, and Lance has turned around a program that everyone thought was dead when it comes to the ranks of college football, and Kansas is a team that you would argue is better than Texas. Take me to a world where Kansas is better than Texas in football, and Danny White saw the guy that's gotten them to that point. But I would say that Danny probably, more likely than not, just got lucky with Heupel and got lucky with everything that's happened. But more than anything, Tennessee needed needed luck luck. because we've had a lot of bad luck. And that's all we actually needed was just someone to get lucky. What did Tom Petty say? Even the losers get lucky sometimes. We've been losing for too long. We deserved a little luck, right, Rex? Absolutely. I I know a lot of people look at it from just the on the result or the unfilled results. And I get that is, in my opinion, like 90% of what I would base it from. But the other things that he's done is you look at the game day experience for Neyland. A lot of people love how that's kind of transpired. And so that's another thing that you got to, again, it's just looking to the future. And right now I'm not going to discount the guy and what he sees or where he sees things going. Because he's, he's hitting the nail on the head so far every single time. Rex, anything else, my man? That's it. Let's go. But I agree, we're probably not a Final Four team. Sad. We all know it's true in our heart. <laughs> I laugh because I agree with you. Don't worry. And I, I don't even know that it's Barnes's fault. I just – and I know the analytics say it's the best team of blah, blah, blah. I – do you see this team that has that certain je ne sais quoi, as the French say? Like, where's the where's the star power? Where's the guy that's going to put this team on his shoulders when we inevitably run into that tough night, cold shooting night, whatever? Who's going to get us there? I don't see it yet. And that's not like – I feel like I'm bordering on Barnes bashing here, but I feel like it's just a – it's a great regular season team. Again, I hope I'm wrong, man. But I don't know. Is that fair, Bear? You think this is a Final Four team? I, I don't know. We've never seen one. Because How would our, we know? Our, schedule, <laughs> our, our schedule's been so front-loaded with the bottom feeders, and you know we've only got what three quad one wins. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll I think two or three weeks from now we'll know. We'll have a lot better idea hmm. than we do hmm. now. So. I mean, we'll know whether or not this defense is for real or if we, you know, we're stat stuffing against offensively inept teams that we're, we've been playing. 
Spotlight Eddie. What's up, brother? Oh, this again. Spotlight Eddie blowed away tonight, Bear. I would imagine so. Is it a day that ends in Y? Eddie, turn your mic on. It's pretty late. Bottom left. Two, two in a row were uh, Eddie, Eddie. Hey, Christian. sorry about that, hey, fellas. Sorry. Eddie. Hey, sorry about that. I'm stuck in a rolling roadblock on Alcoa Highway headed home from this baby club ceiling. Oh, no. Rolling. Are they, like, checking for DUIs? Oh, no, no. They just got some... They just got some shit stopped on the on the left shoulder. It's all good. The all sinkhole right, didn't open back up. Never-ending construction on Alcoa Highway, I would imagine. Yeah, it kept me from making a stop at the new Daisy Dukes Gentleman's Club, so thank God. Um, yeah, it was a nice little win, nice little win. I hear all this talk about, yeah, we may not be a Final Four team, but I have, honest to God, never seen – the post-depth from a Tennessee basketball team like we have at the moment. It's a pretty good point. Kamwa playing like garbage, sit your ass down. Euros, get in. Oh, you're playing like garbage, sit your ass down. Hey, dude, get in. Oh, you're, you're not picking up the slack. Hey, bring me Waka Waka. I think all five of our when, post guys play pretty well tonight. Exactly. When have we ever had that kind of depth that the – I mean, because any one of them can play the five spot in this offense. If you want to go small, Kamwa at the five and then bring in three guards and, and Phillips at the four or Triple J at the four. But, no, we haven't – I mean, we've got some moving pieces here that we can kind of do some, like, Rubik's Cube fucking magic come tournament time. And it's interesting because it feels like we've made the switch to small ball – lineups even though we did play a lot of two bigs on the floor at the same time tonight but Barnes has started you know we've been starting a triple j and just one of those post guys so I don't know man it's, just, it's like you feel like our better lineup when we're starting big guys is to go small and now we're going small and I kind of feel like, eh, maybe our better lineup is with the two bigs we look pretty good in the late in the first half with two bigs now, in the second half, I don't think we played as well with two bigs, but, you know, we've, we've, got some, we've got some moving pieces here that we can work with going forward, and we still have a few appoint, opponents that we can toy with. And, yeah, I'm not blown away, by the way, guys. Yeah, I've got to work tomorrow. I'm, uh, yeah, got straight off work, went to the ball game. I was like, hey, I can't get blown away tonight. So, I'm – Keeping it between the lines. So that Cyrus not really good. Say, are you getting pulled over for a DUI right now? <laughs> no, that was that was a passing ambulance. That was a passing ambulance. You don't have to worry about this guy. But no, back to Banner Dan when he was looking for a football coach. Hey, I don't think the Elliott cat from uh, Clemson was there ever in serious consideration. I think I, I he was a. No, 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 no. From what I hear, we went hard. We went hard on penis head at Penn State. He wanted way too much, way too much loot right off the bat. So we gave a um, 
a courtesy call to Tony Elliott at Clemson doing our due diligence before we ever got in bed with Eiffel. And I think Danny knew deep down, okay, we swing and a miss. We swing and a miss on Jimmy Penn State and and Heifel's a good fallback. But I, I think Elliot was just a hey, we're 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 vetting some guys, we're kind of looking looking around a little bit before we pull Heifel in. Did it? Do you guys disagree? I, huh? I feel like Tony Elliott like publicly talked about uh, turning down the Tennessee job. Did I, am I am I imagining that? That, that was my I recollection it, as well. I think it was a phone call discussing the Tennessee job, and he simply said he wasn't interested. It wasn't yeah, a full-blown yeah, I mean, interview. and You know, they – Yeah. That yeah. could be we'll, – we'll never – we'll probably never know. I mean, I, I feel like he was their first choice, but – I mean, who cares, right? We, we got our guy, whether he's the first choice or the fifth choice, Josh Heupel was the right choice, and that's all that matters. Oh, I agree. I agree. But Franklin, Franklin was the first call. But, but Franklin, Franklin wanted upwards of, of $8.5 million off the bat. Well, again, thank God for running another course. Bingo. Bingo. I will take what we have. And I mean, I mean, fucking old um, cocksucker over there at Virginia is going to get his eyes beat shut this fall in Nashville. And, and I, I hope, I, I hope Eiffel puts a half a hundred on the guy. Big Joe, bringing the pain. Spotlight, Eddie. We got to run, man. Drive careful. You too. See you, I'm brother. Driving. You're driving. You be careful. Yes, uh, so here was the quote from Yahoo Sports. This is from 2021. Tony Elliott said about the Tennessee job, quote, really, really appreciate, appreciative of Danny White and just his interest in me and having an opportunity to talk to him and go through that experience. Definitely, it was something that I really had to sit down and think about and consider and pray about and talk to people and try to find the right confirmation at the end of the day, when I put everything on the table, it just wasn't the right time. And so I'm happy to be in an environment where people embrace me, even though I was going through that. He was still at uh, Clemson at this time, showing me support one way or another, having an opportunity, conversation with Dabo, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I, Tony Elliott was the first choice. They offered him the job. He turned it down. And I, I don't know that James Frank. I mean, I, James Franklin, I remember those reports. I don't know that he was the second choice necessarily. But it's it's interesting to to go back and and ponder. But I think we're all just glad that Josh Heupel, who let's be honest, no, none of us, none of us were like, yes, we got Josh Heupel when that hire happened. None of us were high fiving, dancing in the streets. But damn it, we are now. No, but pretty quickly we were we got pretty interested and in, I don't know if excited is the right word, but we were, we were looking forward to hopefully having a, uh, finally having a high flying offense. We were again. hopeful that summer, the first year 
I didn't get serious. I wasn't seriously intrigued until that Missouri, the South Carolina game. After we blew out Missouri, we blew out South Carolina. It's like, oh, okay, all right, we got something here. Like maybe we have something here. And then uh, obviously this year was the we're all sold now. Matthew is next. What's up, Matthew? Connecting, connecting. Matthew, you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. Hey, what's up? Nothing. I uh, don't want to switch back to basketball if y'all want to keep going with football, but I'm pretty sure that Franklin was the first guy they went after pretty hard. That's how I remember it. And uh, I don't know if money was the issue, but I remember I think we were still under the investigation, and I think that's kind of what – with that ongoing and then it just it fell through once they once once the actual numbers aligned so i mean i think you're right though i don't think you know nobody was excited about josh heupel but i do think that you know he turned there's the old saying chicken shit in the, in the chicken salad and, it, and here we are i mean who would have thought two years later there's a lesson to be learned there matt uh, the next time there's an opening and you're making your short list and you're, Oh man, we want this guy, this big name here, this guy who's done this at this place. You never know. You never know. Sometimes, you know, we didn't know who Tony Vitello was when he got the job. Rick Barnes was a retread coming off a, a firing by, by Texas. And these three coaches are doing pretty fantastic right now. It's why Danny White got this big race today. Yeah. Um, to kind of go back to the basketball game and, and why the fans are kind of like, I'll wait and see mode. I get it. You know, you've kind of beaten up on the bottom feeders as bear said to Davey's point, you know, it's like, I think we talked about it on Saturday, but you know, guard play will be key in March. And tonight your guards went six from 17 from three, which I think needs to improve. But I mean, to uh, the last caller said it best. I mean, this, this team's strength is through the post and, I never thought I'd say that, but there's so much depth there that it allows you to kind of, as you said earlier, tweak some things and play with the Rubik's Cube. You have an ability to kind of, okay, Jonas Adu is in foul trouble. Get out there, Toby. Okay, Toby's in foul trouble. Get out there, uh, Uros. I mean, you have a really good – I never thought I'd say this, but I was extremely critical on Uros Blazovich, and I remember some friends of mine were saying that Coach Barnes overcoaches. I don't care who you what, what you think of Coach Barnes, what he has done with Uros Plazovich and his ability to actually give us quality minutes now, I never thought we would get to that point. But he's actually giving us quality minutes. Do you guys disagree? Not at all. No, I, he's turned into a, a good role player. I mean, think about where he was a couple of years ago and, and where he is now to where, like, they throw the ball to Uros down low and you don't cringe. You're actually – expecting him to put it in the narrative's changed a lot since the kentucky game as well but he was he was on a good trajectory this season even before that game happened it just so happened he was the only one that was able to really try and take it over and he not only did he he take it over he did that against the reigning naismith player of the year so that's where it's just like wow that's that's great to see and and the other thing on top of and this i guess kind of scares me a little bit but Barnes is always going to go with his bigs based off what they're doing on the defensive end first. So yeah. that, that at least does help though, from a foul 
uh, trouble standpoint, but it's I'm not like, oh, this guy's just dominating in the post. And I think Barnes is going to stick with him because we've seen Adu be able to hit some shots, but he just gets burnt at the high post, and Barnes is like, all right, get him out of there. Well, I think it's going to be interesting on Saturday, guys. I'm excited to watch us play Texas because here's the anarchy of college basketball. We are – we lost to Colorado. We lost to Arizona. So we're 0-2 versus the Pac-12. If you win on Saturday, you've taken out the two favorites to win the Big 12. And that's just – that just blows my mind in a way because um, Texas has a gauntlet coming up. Texas has, after us, they have to go back to Austin to play Baylor, who just knocked off Kansas. Then they have to go on the road to Kansas State. And then they have to go on the road to Kansas. So you could see almost a trend where Texas goes on a four-game losing streak. I'm not saying they will, but they've got a gauntlet coming up. Kansas is on a three-game losing streak. Yeah, The Big 12 is uh, deep this year. Maybe the best basketball league in the country. I'll say this, and I'll give you all back the time. Uh, I can't remember his name, but the coach at Kansas State, uh, he came from Scott Drew at Baylor, and he's been there forever. And honestly, if he has success like this here uh, next season as well, I mean, that's a name I think you want to watch and see if you can maybe lure him away one day when the, when Richard Dale retires. But, uh, hey, good win, guys. We'll just carry it over. And just like you, as you guys were saying earlier, we'll just have to wait and see and see how we do versus uh, Texas. As always, go balls. Onward. The quest continues. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Uh, let's keep things rolling here. Jerome Tang, Kansas State basketball coach. Tank, Tang, T A N G. I love the, the drink. Yeah, the drink for astronauts. Oh, my grandma used to have that in the, like this little in her fridge. It was so delicious. Tang, I I try and buy it and make it myself, but I can't get the the mixture right like grandma had back in the day. Oh, no, I can I can get it right for you. We used to drink that stuff with vodka or PGA. No, I'm good. Westchester is next. What's up, Westchester? Turn your mic on, dude. Come on. Turn that mic on, dude. While he, figures, float away. while he figures that out, the other thing just on uh, K-State, and this is actually kind of a good comeback story, but their best players, Keontae Johnson, if you remember him, that was the Florida player that yeah. collapsed and was not able to play anymore after that. He's playing college basketball again, and he's been a, a, a breakout star for the for the uh, Wildcats. Did he Manhattan. transfer like voluntarily away from Florida, or was he not I cleared? Thought- I thought it was like an Emmanuel Negadu situation. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it on Saturday. Um, I, that's what, that's kind of what we thought. Auburn's in trouble here in the first half down 36, 28 boys. Uh, Mississippi state is playing really well. They're up 31, 22 at number two, Alabama. As we go to the uh, final four minutes of the first half here. Is West. Still not figured out how to unmute his Is mic. He got the wheel of death? No, he's here. No. Westchester, you have to turn your mic on, dude. It's in the bottom left of your screen where it says my, there's a mic icon. It says mic is off. You touch that so it says mic is on. Then you can talk. He's done this before. I feel bad, too, because, like, he tried to call on the show, and he got all – he got his feelings hurt. He thought you hung up on him. I want to, I, I want to give him his time. But you got to turn your mic on, dude. Three, two, one. The manual flush takes down Westchester. Sorry, bud. 
we continually talk about this basketball team and just not having a guy that's like, that's definitely the go-to guy. Right now, you got Vescovy averaging 12.5 points a game, and then behind him, you have four guys all averaging between 10.6 and 10.1 points a game. So it just c- continues to go to that point of it's just a group effort. Balanced attack. It's um, it's a good thing. Nice like tonight. It's When you don't have that guy stepping up, it's, it's an area we will nitpick. Let's get Jason in here. What's up, Jason? Hey, what's going on, guys? How we doing? Doing well, man. How are you? Good, good. Great win tonight. It's good to put a thumping on the dogs. Uh, I just really appreciate Barnes taking care of business with uh, South Carolina and Georgia. Just kind of, you know, paying back for football. But uh, sitting here watching Mississippi State and Alabama, State's up by 10 with two minutes to go. They're playing really well. But I I don't know about y'all, but I I just have a hard time watching college basketball anymore. Like, some of my thought is around, I I wonder if, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I wonder if the NCAA would ever consider, like, if kids come out of high school, get drafted, that's one thing. But, but would they ever go the baseball route? I love the baseball route. If if kids get drafted out of high school, they go to, you know, they, they get in the farm system and do the thing. Or they have to go for three years. Imagine what college basketball would look like if they went to that model. Jason, I'll say this. It's, that's not an NCAA decision. As to why kids can't go straight to the pros. That's an NBA call. That's an NBA thing. But okay. With, with the next CBA, they're expected to get rid of that to where you'll see kids be able to go straight from high school to the NBA. Um, okay. So, but that doesn't mean you're, you will have less one and dones, but we've also transitioned to this spot where like the, um, like the G League teams, like they've been having guys just automatically go from high school, play for them for a year, and then go and get drafted. So it's, yeah. it's changed in how that dynamics worked, but I think you will see less one and dones once you get to the point of, all right, you can just go straight from the NBA or from high school to the NBA. But I still wouldn't yeah. recommend that for a lot of kids that think, oh yeah, I might be able to do this. Well, you look at like Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. I mean, they're, they're good players, but I mean, they're just, they're lost in the NBA. I mean, you'll never hear from them again. Um, you know, Springer's got like six points on the, or I mean, sorry, uh, Keon Johnson's got like six points on the year. So, you know, another year or two could have, you know, I mean, I, I mean, if they were two year players, maybe three year players, what they could develop into, um, <clears throat> you know, but I mean, I think it would make college basketball way better. I mean, gone are the days of the old UNLV teams and, and, <clears throat> you know, Duke and, UNLV back in the day, I mean, those were just, uh, those were incredible teams to watch play basketball, high level basketball. And I mean, I'm just watching this, like the, the number two team in the country right now has 26 points and we're one minute away from halftime. They can't throw it in the ocean. And it's, it's just, I I don't know. It's just hard to watch, but, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, we can take care of business this weekend. Who are some guys? I'm not real familiar with Texas. Who do we need to watch out for 
uh, uh, this weekend? I have no idea, Jason. I haven't watched them play, to be perfectly honest with you. But, um, Davey, do you have anything? Not really. I'll be honest. I have not spent, outside of uh, watching some Kansas and Kansas State basketball, I've not spent much time on the Big 12 other than, like, I know their metrics all say, like, yeah, it's definitely the best conference. Um, I mean, if I pull up their statistics and look at it, Marcus Carr is their leading scorer, scoring 17.6 a game, and that's uh, about seven more than their their second best scorer. So I'm sure he's going to be the guy to watch. He's shooting over 41% from three. So don't let him get hot. It's my best piece of advice because he's also leading the team in assists and steals. Mm. Well, I think it'll be a great environment. Uh, <clears throat> um, what do y'all think about tomorrow night? Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll find out if, if it's real or not. Um, the Lady Vols play UConn at Thompson Bowling. Uh, they're, I believe, 7-0, and maybe 8-0 in conference play to start after a rough start to the season. They're still unranked, which kind of speaks to the quality of the competition. I was looking at this earlier in the week. I, it doesn't look like they've beaten much of anybody in this conference winning streak. And UConn, though, is still UConn. They're a top-10 team. Uh, our friend Aaron Torres, who's a big UConn fan, said that evidently their best player is hurt and maybe even their second-best player. So if you're mm. going to do it, it seems like tomorrow night would be the chance. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, great job today with Billy Corgan. Oh, thanks, man. How how, how fun was that? It was surreal. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. He's, a, he's an interesting cat, huh? Yeah, very interesting guy. Wait, what happened with Billy Corgan? Yeah, we talked wrestling with Billy Corgan for a long time this afternoon. That was all. That was awesome. I, I mean, I y'all created some space for him to really get into some stuff. I don't even know he was prepared to even talk about, but it was excellent job. Um, great questions and uh, yeah, that that dude, yeah, Renaissance man for sure. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, that was awesome. Hey, y'all have a great night. Go ball. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Davey, were you a big Smashing Pumpkins guy? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a big fan, but um, the song Today is is, is a great oh, one. Such dark lyrics and mm-hmm. such a happy sonic sound is yeah. the juxtaposition. He's like talking about uh, suicidal ideation in that song. Yeah, can't wait for tomorrow. I might not have that long. I'll tear my heart out before I get out. Great song, great video. He's driving that like ice cream truck or truck, something. Yep. Um, were you a cutter, Davy? Can you repeat that? I that didn't come through. Were you a cutter? No. Get back to me in uh, March if we lose in the second round again. I might have to break out the dull blades. <laughs> Favorite pumpkin sauce. Bear and I were talking about this. I love off the Gish album, Rhinoceros. Great song. Um, Mayonnaise off Siamese Dream. Fantastic song. And if you want to find a deep cut, go on YouTube and find the uh, acoustic version of him playing Tonight Tonight on the Howard Stern Show a couple of years ago. Today was also on Siamese Dream. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Rock was on that album disarm that's bears disarm's the best song they ever put out 
It's a dark song, man. It's another one. Cut that little child inside of me and such a part of you. But yeah, we talked wrestling with him today. Nolan is next. What's up, Nolan? <laughs> Yo, guys, I'm pretty blown away right now. So uh, I'll make this quick. First of all, Tony Elliott is a liar when he said that was a long thought process of whether or not he wanted that Tennessee job. That took two seconds. He saw the NCAA violation and said, no way. I think that's exactly what happened. I think he just looked at him. And I think he probably talked to some people about it and and, and to be perfectly honest, I understand. Yeah, we had the NCAA coming to town. It was a toxic situation. That's why Danny White said text a buddy. Because he walked in here and he realized this was a toxic situation. Our fan base, the team, the building, the coaches, like everything. It was foobar. And to have this kind of turnaround in just two years is incredible. Like if you told me two years ago that – all the problems would be basically solved within 24 months. I just think it's crazy. This is going to be like a five-year process at least. Butch Jones would have said it would take seven years. Yeah, well, just thank God we got a coach who doesn't embarrass us anymore like like Butch did. But uh, as to the basketball team, like I, I, the thing that I think makes this team better than last year is the fact that – you got anyone on this team can be that spark you need to turn things around in a bad situation. And we've seen that a lot this year. And that's what everyone else has been saying. I mean, it's, it's just been an incredible road that the entire athletics department has taken in the last two years. And uh, like, like I said earlier, I keep repeating it, but um, you know, Danny White was, I, I was kind of skeptical when that hire was made. I was really skeptical when he hired Josh Heupel. And I guess that's why I'm a loudmouth radio guy and, and those guys are making millions of bucks, huh? Uh, yeah, 100%. If I could just say one last thing before I get off the air. Uh, Davey, what do you think Rand Carthon wants to do with Ryan Tannehill? Are the Titans, do you think they're going to draft another QB in this offseason? And I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, man. Thank you, Nolan. I don't know if they're going to draft another quarterback in this class, but as of right now and how everything sits, I, I, I don't see them moving on from Tannehill this offseason. I think he's got one more year with the team. And then, I, I mean, there's a chance. I, I just – I think I said it last Saturday. I'm I'm still just waiting for more information. I, I think whoever they hire as the offensive coordinator can also help us look into what they might be trying to do. Um, and I at this point, I think they're waiting for the Chiefs to get done to see if they can get Eric Bieniemy away from Kansas City. I really think that's kind of where we're at. Really? Yeah. Which if if you're Eric Bieniemy and you ever want to be a head coach, yeah, you got to make that move. And people will be like, why Why would you do that? And I'm like, yeah. well, before they made the dumb decision to promote Todd Downing, their last two offensive coordinators, after a year or two on the job, got head coaching jobs in the NFL. And outside of, like, Sean McVay having that happen with guys on his staff, um, no other team in the league's been able to do that as of late. So that's where they sit. But I, I'm, 
I think they need to bring back Ryan Tannehill for one more year. They still could draft a quarterback, try to develop a guy. Um, I, I'm curious, and we're not going to get an answer on this, but I really want to know what uh, Rand thinks about Malik Willis. Is that a guy that he sees the skills are there, that they can develop him into their long-term guy? I mean, obviously, we have not seen the uh, capability that you're like, this guy's definitely going to be a, a legit starter in the National Football League. But I I don't know what uh, his assessment is just now. And if, if it were my decision based off everything that's kind of going on with the team and where they're looking at from a cap standpoint, I'm I'm not moving on from Ryan Tannehill if you still want to try to win some games and, and uh, take back the AFC South for at least one more go at it. I tell you what, I, I'm, as a fan, I'm fine with that, Davey. But I, all I'll say about Willis is <laughs> – like you knew he was a project, I get that, but the way this how, much of a project Dobbs was so much better than him after just seven days on the team, whereas Willis had, you know, from the draft until that time, you better you better have an open competition for that backup job, and my yeah. money's on Josh Dobbs winning it. Well, and, and the thing for Dobbs, too, is, I mean, we, we've always known about his uh, football IQ. And you could just tell that whoever has been there for Malik Willis is, I mean, if, if, if they do have the skills, like, they weren't able to really tap into that. Um, but, yeah, it's just and, – and the other thing, and I mean, you saw a lot more with Dobbs than you did with Willis. But w- let's not act like either quarterback had a good line or receivers to throw to. So it's like if they could upgrade at that, I'm curious to see what we could get out of those guys. Oh, and, and again, Dobbs with an entire offseason to really learn the off. You know he's just cramming and his head's spinning the entire out. And, you know, Josh Dobbs' head spinning is better than, like, all three of ours at maximum function, like wired together, uh, working simultaneously. But – point is like if like a minority has, report <laughs> if he has time to um I, w- I was yeah if he has time to like fully absorb the offense and, and be Tannehill's backup I feel like he would be even better for when uh Tannehill inevitably gets hurt behind our shitty offensive line next year let's get known Dullard in here next what's up known Dullard Dullard What's up? What's up? Man, last time I talked to you guys, this is kind of a funny story, um, is after the Clemson game. It was like 1.30 in the morning. And I was hammered and had fallen asleep after requesting. I guess a lot of people wanted to talk. <laughs> and, um, I, I actually fell asleep on the couch and woke up to Dullard going once. <laughs> and my call was just an absolute shambles because I was so discombobulated you waking were drunk up and tired drunk and had been asleep for like half an hour. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't remember that, which <laughs> means a, you did probably a decent enough job and B doesn't say much for the rest of our speakers. <laughs> Yeah, if, well, if I can't it's... differentiate between a tired, drunken, known dullard and the rest of you dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, I called in for a specific reason, but just got so many good things to talk about. Um, okay, first, I just have to say Malik ain't it. So that's my two cents there. Uh, my favorite pumpkin song, and that was absolutely insane that you guys had Billy Corgan on today. Um, 
is 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 share Brock. Oh, what a It might be a little bit basic, but my number two is 1979. I think is just an all time. Maybe unpopular, definitely an unpopular opinion. I hate that song. That's fine. Hate that song, man. I I just I don't know. I find it obnoxious. I get it. I get it. It just it just hits me in a in a nice nice spot. Kind of like when it those those days when you're like. It's just got that oh, kind of like. It definitely takes me back to 1997 senior year of high school because that song was everywhere. It's it's yeah, a I good one. But I tonight I I haven't heard anyone else say this, and you can correct me if if I'm wrong. But like, no, I I'm gonna go ahead and stick my flag in the ground that like this this is the team that does break through in the NCAA right. tournament. Okay. Um, like, I think I think we'd all agree it takes a little bit of luck to get to the Final Four, right? You've got to go on a heater at the right time. But, like, this is a bona fide Elite Eight team. And I think everybody's just, like, hesitant because there's no, you know, there's no Grant, there's no Kennedy Chandler on this team. But, like, this... I have no doubt like this is an elite eight caliber team and it's possible we could stub our toe, but like, I don't know. I think in the next couple of weeks after we kick Texas's ass, after we beat Bama's ass, people are going to go, holy shit. Like we've got something here. Um, I, I just, I think this team is seriously about to explode. And so I just want to be the first to plant, plant, plant the flag in the ground and say like, at a certain point, you've got to say, kind of like after we beat LSU in football, and we're like, holy shit, like, we could actually do something here. Like, that's where I'm at right now is, like, the Kentucky game was just so deflating that it was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. But, like, we've got to just get past that, and I think this team is going to get past that. So, I could look – I could, I could – be totally wrong but i just want to be the first to say this is this is our team like this is our first final four Derek duly noted 10 5 p.m in the year of our lord 2023 wednesday january 25th at 10 5 p.m known dullard says this team is the team to finally kick the door in at least go to the elite eight if not further yes and here is the one the one main reason why is like I don't know if this team is better than 2018 2019 like that's been debated a lot on here recently but I think Rick Barnes is a better coach than he was 4 years ago and that that's why like I think he he has just the way that he's evolved the way he's like changed how he constructs the roster like I, I think he is a better coach than he was, um, and that's going to be the difference. So that's it. Hey, man, appreciate you. Thanks for jumping in. Have yourself yeah. a wonderful evening. The thing I, I will say to that point about the construction of the roster, well, not so much that. The, the biggest issue we've had with Barnes in the past is just his rotations. And, like, I know everybody goes back to – how things unfolded in the Sweet 16 game against Purdue where he's got Grant coming off the bench. I 
still for this team, like he doesn't have that consistent, like, Hey, here's our lineup. Like the starting lineup was different once again tonight. So, and we've had that conversation on here about, do they finally find a group and just stick with that? And I mean, we're already halfway through the season and that continues to rotate. And I don't know. I mean, that was, it was the same one as Saturday. Did he be flipped to on Saturday? Hey, could this? So I, know, I knew you were sick. I didn't know if you if you watched, got to watch much of the game on Saturday. No, I, I, I got to see Saturday. I thought, I thought, um, James. Did they start James or did he come off the bench Saturday? This is the same starting okay. lineup. Then I, then I apologize. Well, it's just a thought here, but you know, we we can go small ball or we can go with two bigs, and. I wonder, this doesn't seem like Barnes' style, but it gets back to the Aaron Torres theory beer of you have to be able to win games in different ways. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if it's like a game by game by the matchup thing. And it's like if, you know, you, we can start Urosh and Kamwa and bring Triple J or Phillips off the bench if we need to, or we can start Kamwa at the five and Triple J at the four, and I'm not sure which lineup is better. Like, like, the past couple of years, like, it was clear the small ball was our best lineup, and that's what we ended with. Um, even the, you know, the Grant and Admiral teams, like, that team started Kyle Alexander, Grant Williams, and Admiral up front, but in crunch time, it was Grant, Admiral, Bone, Bowden in the starting lineup, and Lamonte Turner. So... Like, I, I don't know which, if I like the small ball lineup better. Zakai didn't start the second right half now. tonight. I do know that. Do what? Zakai didn't start the second half. Yeah. I know. Was that just because of, he had three fouls or that was kind of weird. I don't know. Just saving him or BJ Edwards got in the game today. I already said that, didn't I? You led with shout that. Out, yeah. Shout out to BJ. BJ Edwards signing. Yeah. The Irishman getting a little run late in the game little run that's no run he got two minutes barely what do you want you know whining about him not getting in the game he gets in the game you're still whining there's no pleasing you no not on this deal stupid as fuck well you want to take best of these minutes away <laughs> no but I, I, on some of these goddamn 30 40 point i mean we got to go over this again what 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 minutes? We, you got Vescovy's been nursing a bad shoulders, a guy oh with his leg. Here we go. You know we we're gonna go. You want to no. go there? Well, then why do you keep bringing this shit up? I, I, I was giving him. Say. I was giving him a shout out. The local guy got in the no, game. You're being a fucking. You're being crazy. a dick. You know you're being a dick. I, just. You're trying to get a I rise out of me. Congratulations. Giving him a shout Success, out. Russ. Success. Well, give him a shout out. He got in for one, you know, basically one set. Is that like one minute? The last minute was just running down the damn clock. Give me a fucking break, dude. He was the 11th man, though. Bear, Bear thinks we ought to be starting BJ at the point. Ziegler should no, come off the bench. He should be BJ's back. At all. Do, do, not, do not do that bullshit you do. <laughs> That is not – that's not what I've said. It's not what I fucking Bear, said from Bear the beginning. This team would be what a- I have said is Rick Barnes sometimes needs to get his head out of his ass when he's 40-point 40 40 beatdown games like we've been all year, and it's obvious that you're not going to redshirt the kid. 
maybe you might want to see if you can get him ready throughout the season in the spots where you can get him quality minutes at the position he's always played and he was recruited for when you've got one fucking point guard. Bear, bear. You want to know when we go home in the tournament? When Tyreek Key is is uh, going to have to run point for most of the game. If Zakai gets hurt, Zakai gets in foul trouble, or Zakai just comes out and shits the bed, is any college basketball player is capable of doing at any point in time. Do not misrepresent what I've been saying about the whole B.J. Edwards if deal. We, no, I don't think If we had B.J. at the point and Palmer at the five, this team be going to the Final Four. No, but I, I sure wouldn't. Uh, it, it's not like I don't look at that damn Pember stat line. Eight to ten from three. I don't give a shit what hey. level you're on. That kid could shoot. He looks awesome, uh, too. That's, that's why we were recruiting him out of beard. Like long hair flowing in the breeze and the beard and the turquoise shoes. Digging it. So, there's there's a common thread with some of these kids. Would be the county in which they lived prior to going to the University of Tennessee. Yeah, that and the AAU program they're playing in. Well, I'm sure Barnes hates Bobby Mays, and it's a conspiracy against the local kids. And I mean, he, he Barnes is a damn moron, you know. I mean, 700 wins, number four in the country. I mean, that idiot. Like, if only he'd listen to our callers, man. Just a complete fool. What a boob. Number two in the net rankings. I mean, just damn. Idiot. It's a wonder he can't put his eye out with a fork at dinner every night. That stooge. You're an idiot. Yep. Me and Rick Barnes. A couple of great yep. morons. Where's Blue Kane going, Bear? Uh, he's firm to Georgia Tech. He's tearing it up for IMG. Well, he signed his NIL. Alabama and Auburn no. are on the ropes late. <laughs> no, Alabama, according to Crest, Alabama just woke up. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's getting tight now. I shouldn't say on the ropes. No, Auburn's getting it. ready to get ran out of their fucking gym down Another there. reason you should pull from Mississippi State is the Vols have already beaten the Bulldogs twice. Wonder if, wonder what War Eagle Karen, Jake Miller's funniest thing he ever said. Wonder what War Eagle Karen's up to down here right now. She could sing a hell of an anthem. I know that. Jacques. All right, gentlemen. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? No, not really. Nah, I mean, nothing other than what we've already said. I mean, season starts Saturday. You know, bottom feeders for a good stretch here. Good opportunity to notch a top 10 win. Texas must pay the price Saturday at the arena. Show up early. Be loud. Voluntary reaction should be lit. Six o'clock tip off, probably an eight o'clock start for the for the post game. So hopefully we'll do some good numbers there and, and have a good show as Mississippi state gets the lead back up to 10. We'll watch some hoops. Y'all have a great night. We'll talk to you after the Texas game.